0: Hi, this is Taylor Johnson, and you are listening to the final mini episode of the Taylor Johnson podcast. Not the final episode in general. Don't get it twisted. This is just the final of our mini series dealing specifically with the world that we live in right now, the world of COVID-19, social distancing, some of us completely separated and isolated from the other people in our lives. I've been doing these little mini conversations with people in professions that are affected by what we're dealing with right now hear what it's like around the world as people navigate this very strange, very weird time. Uh, after this episode, we will be returning to our full-length format. But I have an announcement about the future of the show that I will be giving at the end of the episode. Wow, what a teaser, right? Ooh, so mysterious. What could it be? What's the future of this show? You'll find out about the future of the show at the end of the episode. But first, we have an interview. I am talking to Clyde Woods who is the lead pastor of Harvest Church Silver City in Silver City, New Mexico. I'm talking to him because I posted on Facebook a few weeks ago, which is something I rarely do because Facebook is a terrible wasteland of anger and misunderstandings. But I posted on there asking people if anyone has had to deal with attending a funeral over Zoom, which is something that is new for the majority of the world because of what we're having to go through right now. I got a lot of different responses, and one of the people who responded was Clyde Woods, who told me that he has actually had to perform a couple of funerals during social distancing. So I want to ask him about that. In general, what's it like to perform a funeral for him? And specifically, what's it like right now with all the restrictions that we have, with all of the limitations kind of ruining the ways in which we normally grieve? after having performed and been a part of several funerals myself, I am like really fascinated by the topic. And I know that death is a a topic that can be very uncomfortable for people, but I really enjoyed this conversation just hearing his thoughts. And I don't want to say strategies because that almost sounds like insincere, but it's not meant to be, but like the strategies that you have for how to comfort people. Like, because I think it is something that it's good to think through to plan ahead, to know what you're getting yourself into, because comforting someone can be a very difficult and daunting thing to do. And so, I don't know, it's nice to have strategies and thoughts and from experience knowing how best to handle that. And how do you handle it right now? So I hope that you enjoy my conversation with Pastor Clyde Woods I will warn you, the audio quality is not the best, and it's my fault. This is my first time recording a conversation this way specifically, and I think I kind of screwed it up. So I apologize about the audio quality, but I, I still hope you really enjoy This is my conversation with Pastor Clyde Woods. what was like, okay. How, how long ago was the first funeral that you had to speak at?
1: About two and a half years ago.
0: Oh man. And what was like, did you know it was coming up? Was it kind of a sudden thing? Did you have time to prepare yourself for that?
1: Um, we knew that the the lady, she was actually our, our cleaning, um, lady. She cleaned our, cleaned our church and had done so for, for, I don't know, 10 plus years or whatever. But, um, she had gotten sick there uh, about a month prior to her passing away, and um, and so we we kind of knew it was coming. It was just it was a little bit unexpected because she was at the hospital. They thought she was going to pass away there, um, but then she ended up going home, and things seemed to be kind of normal. Um, and then she, her and her husband were watching TV, and she he thought she fell asleep, and she passed away in the in the rocking chair.
0: Oh my goodness!
1: Yeah. And yeah, it was a very
0: difficult time. I, I feel like this whole side of ministry and being a pastor is one that you don't really think about when, it like, especially when you're training to become a pastor. I feel like the main thing you think about is I need to be really good at preaching sermons and being a good leader. But like the comforting, the counseling side, like we don't really think about that as much until you're in it. Was that something that you were? Like you personality wise like already comfortable with, or was that like a was that a learning experience for you
1: yeah so so fortunately, um you know I had great mentors, and uh Pastor Mike Dickinson, who's my pastor, has you know his heart and compassion is really second to none that I've ever seen in anybody in ministry um and and so so being able to be at his side, um I was able to see so many times where he um, comforted people or walked them through very difficult situations, and and because of that, I was able to learn a lot of that. Now, naturally, um, I am a a comforter. Um, I grew up in a home with two sisters and a mom, so so it was. I mean, you could imagine what that was like. So so I had I had to learn to be that comforter, you know, because because my dad had passed away when I was young, um, and so. So having a, to be in, in that environment really kind of taught me some things. Um, and so, so like even coming into to be a lead pastor, I was part of funerals when I was a youth pastor and executive pastor. But when you're the lead pastor and they come to you for the comfort or for direction, um, you know, whether it be with funeral or whether it be a marriage counseling or whatever, um, it, it's one of those things where every situation is unique and everybody handles. Um, death differently you know um for me personally um i i tend to tuck it inside right like which i'm not saying is the healthiest way but and then i deal with it later like i don't deal with it at the time um and so so but there are some people that that i mean grieving is just what they need to do and so being able to, to balance all of that um and help walk people through that um um, you know, it really does come natural to to answer your question. It really does kind of come natural. Uh, it's just heartbreaking, you know, to, to have to do this. And it seems like when we do funerals, it's not, you do one, you end up doing two or three within the same week. And, uh, and it's even like that this week. I have two funerals this week to do.
0: Oh, wow. I, I feel like what you said is such an important key that like e- each situation is unique. Everybody handles it differently. Um, which was like the craziest part, or I mean, one of the strangest parts of being on the receiving end on people attempting to comfort when my dad passed away last year, was that like people who I didn't know that well, who were very well, you know, intentions and were trying to be helpful, but they were saying things to me that I did not need to hear. Like, just like stuff that's like, I think this, you think you needed this when you went through this, but like, this is not helpful for me at all. I don't know what this is.
1: Yeah. And I, I think you're right. And I think that that's the difference when we pastor, right? It's, 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 we want to tend to give our opinion of what people think they need instead of, instead of listening for what they truly need.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And, and, and so, so I think you bring up a good point there. And, and that's what makes every point so unique in, in every person. That's why, you know, you, you, you know, you handle a, um, the level, the levels are different from a, you know, a suicide to a, uh, a stillborn baby. Right. Like, yeah. like what, what do people need to hear in those, in those, in, the, in those circumstances, you know? And so, um, being able to do that is, is, man, it's a challenge. And, and look, we, and, and, and oftentimes we don't get it right. You know, um, we think you know. We do our best to pray through it and truly listen to people, and then sometimes people are just like, "I don't want to hear it. I just want to get this over with and be done," you know. And some want to be held and comforted and and counseled and so on and so forth, you know.
0: Yeah, and and yeah, I think I feel like you know, humility being such an important aspect because we don't know, we don't know exactly what this person needs right off the bat, simply because of the situation they're in. And then, yeah. and then patience being such a big deal. Uh because like you said, yeah, some people right there in, in that moment, they're gonna want to break down and that's how they're gonna grieve. And other people, it's gonna, it's gonna take a while. And you can't really like force them, like, hey, I wanna be there for you. Hurry up, get it out. Yeah. For sure. So um what was it like uh because so the first time I ever spoke at a funeral, I was asked to The first time I ever preached at one, I was asked to kind of like give like a little tell a story about my grandpa and just like give a little thing. But throughout through some crazy situations that happened, it ended up like snowing super hard the morning of the funeral to the point where the minister could not get out of his driveway. And they were like, uh, minister can't come. Taylor, you're preaching. Service starts in an hour. And I had no idea what you're supposed to preach at a funeral. Like, what? Are, like, what verse do I even bring up right now? What What was like preparing to preach your first funeral like?
1: Well, so kind of kind of actually similar story. You know, I'm, I'm, I was, as I was thinking about it, my first funeral that I planned out that I had to be part, you know, with the family council, I walked through all the details and all that was about two and a half years ago. But when I first got into ministry. Okay, which was about eight and a half years ago, um, he uh, uh, my brother-in-law had passed away, and mm. and my sister had asked me if I would do the eulogy. Okay, so I had prepared to, just to speak. Okay, and so I went up and did my part. And, and you know, when you first get into the ministry, you, you tend to be like a bull in a tiny closet. You just go and run. And a great opportunity to be able to speak the gospel and share the good news and all that. But but uh, so I did I did the eulogy and then uh, they did not um, they did not have uh, uh, anybody to do the graveside service.
0: Oh, like the,
1: the, the pastor didn't feel comfortable or whatever it was or something. So so uh, my sister's like, are you going to do the graveside? So from where, where they did the service to where the funeral home was or where the funeral, uh, where the graveyard was, was about a 20 minute drive. So I told my wife, I said, "Baby, you got to drive because I have to Google how to do a graveside service."
0: Oh no!
1: <laughs> and so I, I literally Googled how to do it, copied and pasted, changed the names, and that's what I did because I had no idea what to do. <laughs> oh
0: my god!
1: It, it, it was it was very interesting. So you take that one from the very first time I do something like that to two and a half years ago of doing doing the funeral all on my own. Um, it was it was a different. A different way of preparing right now. I have a, I have a few, um, uh, sermons that I have for funerals. Um, and what I try to do in planning with the family is I really try to listen to, again, to what their wants, what their needs are, where their spiritual walk was, um, you know, and things like that. And then that, that kind of determines on, on, on what message I preach or what message I deliver. Um, you know, some, Some funerals are just heavily dependent on me to really just carry, basically carry the entire service. Uh, There's some that have, you know, people have planned out whether it be a eulogy. uh, They want, you know, they want to give people within the the uh, the people who attend an opportunity to speak or things like that. And so, so it really just kind of depends. You know, every again, every circumstance is different. So, so each each time we prepare is different.
0: So uh, before this, um, once everything kind of got locked down uh, with coronavirus and social distancing was put in place. You, you did have to do a couple of funerals, um, live streamed or over zoom. How, how how many did you have to do?
1: So I did two. We did two over, over the, over the lockdown um, or over the, you know, stay at home order is what they call it in New Mexico. And, what they did was, um, for the first one I did was, was a, um, drug related, um, attempted robbery, uh, funeral. And so I'm mean, a very high, high emotion for a, for a young kid. I think it was 17 years old. Um, so very, very high emotion. So, um, so you could imagine, um, what that was like to plan with the family. Now there's, you know, there's, we live in a, we live in a community, uh, in Silver City, New Mexico. Uh, we, li- we live in a city where there's a lot of single parent homes. There's a lot of mixed family homes. There's a lot of homes that are, you know, um, you know, whether it be the father has already passed away or was incarcerated or, uh, and now it's the mother. And so, so you have these two families, you know, the father's side and a mother's side who, um, who tend to want different things, right? And so, so trying to balance all of that, um, and, and try to make sure that we do a funeral the best that we can, um, and then you add on. So that's already difficult in itself. Then you add on the fact of dealing with coronavirus and dealing with the social distancing. That just adds to the stress, right? So, so one of the things in funerals that that, that, that is that people use the funeral for their grieving right whether it be at the casket whether it be at, if it's a, if it's a cremation whether that's at the urn or the memorial that they put within the, front of the sanctuary or whatever but but that they people use that for their for their time for their whole family to grieve and and so the way that, that we had to do it here was only five people were allowed to see or to be to be in the in the uh, in the funeral home with the body Okay, so that they could do their grieving or whatever, and so so that that made it very difficult. And so um, so obviously we couldn't hold the service in there. So um, so they allowed I think the mom and a couple couple family members in there, But then I was outside of the funeral home on Facebook Live, oh. and, and and it was and it was done Facebook Live. And so so imagine this: you have two hundred and fifty people in cars, okay because they can't be out of their car. So they're in cars and it's a, a PA system that is working the best it can. And then it's on Facebook live. And so, so it made it, it made it, it was very hard to, to be able to, um, communicate because, um, because it really felt like you were, you know, speaking to this to really, to nobody because you really couldn't see anybody because of the car. You know, everyone's in cars and different things like that. And so, um, and then, you know, Facebook Facebook Live and, and things like that. It is it was very, it was very interesting to do it that way. Um, th- this one was a very highly attended funeral um, that we did. And then the graveside, um, you know, we, so outside, you could you could gather, but you could be in groups of more than five. So at the graveside, it's, it's an old cemetery. And so we had to, this one was also Facebook Live, but also more people were able to be out of their cars but they had to be in pockets of five and then, you know, within 10 feet apart or whatever it was. And so, so that made it difficult, you know? And then, um, you know, being able to, to work where, where, where pallbearers and different things like that would be able to do their things at the casket were limited. Um, you know, everybody had to wear masks and it was, it it was unique, man. A very, uh, you know, death is already a, 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 an interesting or eerie type of thing. Um, but you add this, this, um, this part to it and, it and it makes it a little bit more hard because it's like uh you know everyone was wearing masks and everyone doing uh you know trying to stay apart and not touching or not hugging and you know it, it was really interesting to do it
0: yeah because like all of the ways that we normally grieve like are like you can't you can't get all together and yeah you can't hug and so like everything is taken away for and yeah you have to find a new way to get through it
1: yeah, and so, you know, some, you know, that's even hard as a pastor, you know, do you, you know, normally after we do a graveside service, we would go and, and um, you know, give our, give our, our you know, give our prayers and thoughts to the family, and um, and so be, because of that, you're like, do I do it, do I not do it, do they want that, do they need that, you know, I don't want other people to see, you know, here's a leader in the community, and they're not even social distancing, and, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things they'll do. You know, it makes it very hard to exactly what you said to to help those that are grieving, and then, you know, even for a mother who just lost her kid, to not be able to have the funeral that she would have hoped, or you know what I mean, and so, um, and be able to have the services the way you know they would have hoped was was well, I know very difficult. You know, where do you find that true closure? You know, uh,
0: this is the last question I had for you. Do like with doing funerals? Does it make you think about what you do and don't want at your funeral?
1: Yeah, you know that's a great question. I I, I have thought about it. You know, um, one of the things that I I would love is, and I say this a lot to my wife, is I want to celebrate my life. Right, like my time on earth is. Is, is over it's gone right there's crying i know that people grieve and need to cry and i understand that but i want to celebrate the things that i that god was able to use me for my time here on earth because because as a christian as a pastor i believe that god has put me here for a purpose and so when that purpose is fulfilled is, is when we go, is when we're called home and so so i always tell my wife yeah yeah i want to celebrate i want i want people to come and and celebrate my life and, and, uh, and, and, and do that way instead of, you know, this moment of like, uh, you know, this, this super dark or whatever, because to me, that I'm going to be in heaven, man. So (laughs) so, My life is going to be okay, man, because it's eternity, right? Like Francis Chan did a sermon illustration, great sermon illustration. Um, he had this rope wrapped around his entire sanctuary, and he had like one half inch of black tape on this white rope, and he said, "This whole rope represents eternity, but this half inch of mark represents your time here on Earth." And so, this is short time. We know that we are all going to pass away. You know, we we know that we're gonna that we're not always going to be here forever. And so, so I tend to come from the school of thought of, I really I want my life to be celebrated. I want um, I want to be remembered for the. For the great things that I did or attempted to do, right? And so, even if it's one thing, like I just want to be—you know—those are the things that I want to talk about. And so, um, and I, I want—you know—it's hard, man, to think about death um, because you know our our plans. We have all these plans. You know, I want to do this, or I plan on retiring when I'm 65, and you know, doing this or doing that, traveling the world, and, and you know, I, I want to see my kids graduate. And I want to do all this. So to think about death is sometimes hard because you don't want to miss any of that stuff,
0: you know? Yeah. And, uh, and you want to be, you know, you want to be
1: as, as, uh, you know, you want to be involved with all that stuff. It's hard to think about, to think about that. But when I do, that's what I think about, man. I think that I, I want to be celebrated. Um, I, I hope that I don't pass away during a, a quarantine, uh, <laughs> you know, because I want people to come and and eat, man, and
0: party and celebrate my life, man. That's awesome, man. Thank, thank you so much for uh, having this conversation with me. A big thank you to Pastor Clyde for being a part of the show. Well, we are now at the end of this final mini episode. I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope it's been good and interesting for you. We're about to return to our full-length format. Things are going back to normal, but slightly different with this announcement that I am about to make. Due to some circumstances, some things, some scheduling, looking ahead at the calendar and trying to figure out what would be best for this show, I have come to the decision. Ooh, I'm ramping up. What could it possibly be? What will this announcement be? I'm charging three hundred dollars an episode from now. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, going forward, the show will not be every single week. We will be moving to every other week. Um, that's it. That's what the announcement is. That way, we don't have to worry about taking. Because originally, I would planned on maybe doing seasons and do a season of the show and then take time off and then return for another season. And I just feel like that's a bad idea. You just kind of lose a lot of momentum. You lose a lot of the excitement about the show. And I just thought it would be better if if we do it every other week, that kind of still makes it easier to plan ahead, get a bunch of stuff recorded for when times get busy and it's harder to travel and get these conversations done. And so it's just going to be easier in the long run to keep the show going, to keep it consistent to keep the quality up, and uh, so I'm sorry, it's gonna be every other week now, forever, until the day that I die, this podcast will go on. Play this clip at my funeral, no matter what's going on in the world. Hi, everybody, it's me, Taylor, in the Taylor Johnson Podcast, telling you that I'm at my funeral, you're listening to this right now, and uh, what's up, how's it going? I'm sorry if I owed you money. I don't know what I'm like in the future, I'm recording this hopefully well in advance. This got weird. I'm sorry. This is bad. The podcast will continue every other week for the rest of my life. I'm really excited about the interviews that I have planned for the future, for the stuff that I'm working on right now. It's going to be really great. Uh, But we will take a week off, and then we will be back in two weeks. And then every two weeks for forever. So get ready, folks, because it's happening. All right. That's the end of the episode. Thank you all for listening. Stay safe. Stay smart. Stay indoors. Yeah. Goodbye.